welcome to Life on the Brink, a lovely little place filled with inspiration and creativity that is dedicated to enjoying life one day at a time. I'm Anna, and together we're exploring the beautiful things in this world that fascinate us, and often discovering something new. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 74 of Life on the Brink. I am just going to say right off the bat that if you can hear it in my voice, I have a little bit of a cold, um, nothing serious. I just had a very, very big week last week, and I think I pushed my system a little bit too far, and I knew it was going to be a tough week, and it was, but it was a lot of good stuff. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to take it easy this week as much as I can and um, feel better before the holiday. Um, I hope you are doing well. I hope you're enjoying your fall season or your holiday season, whichever one you you uh, are focusing on. I'm kind of half and half. Sometimes I feel very Christmassy and sometimes I'm just feeling very autumnal. Um, but within the next week or so, it's going to all come to a head at uh, Thanksgiving and then afterwards everyone can celebrate Christmas without, uh, you know, the debate. And uh, Thanksgiving is next week. Very exciting. I'm spending it with Josh's family this year. I am officially in charge of green beans and cranberry sauce. I'm making it from scratch. It's very exciting. Um, but I know I also have some listeners that are in the UK and some in Germany and France and elsewhere. And I so love uh, that there's an international community here. So not everyone is going to be celebrating Thanksgiving as a holiday. However, today we're talking about the action of Thanksgiving, if you will. And I feel like it's good timing, uh, regardless of where you live, because as we enter into the holiday season, it is nice to start it off with a season of gratitude or a day of gratitude. And today we're talking all about gratitude. And then also, as the title suggests, um, in today's Little Joy segment, I have a very, very big <laughs> announcement that is going to uh, potentially shift uh, the podcast a little bit, but nothing major, and uh, we'll talk about it. So go ahead and make yourself a nice cup of tea. I have I have everything in this cup. I'm drinking the Trader Joe's Organic Ginger Turmeric Herbal Tea, but I also threw in like a lemon ginger green tea that I had, and I also put in fresh ginger and lemon juice and honey and cinnamon and cayenne. So I'm just trying to boost all my systems and, you know, knock this cold out of the way. It's so funny. Earlier on, like in university, I was more of a piano player. That was my instrument. And um, now I kind of, I end up singing more than playing between, you know, uh, chorus, teaching chorus and various things. And this past week I have been singing so much and I'm singing again this weekend. And so I'm just trying to preserve my voice. So, um, forgive me if I speak low, <laughs> although that's probably uh, soothing to listen to. So anyway, go ahead and get yourself a cup of tea, whatever that might be. Oh, oh. And before we move on from the tea, actually, I just wanted to give anyone a heads up because, I have been looking at 
advent calendars and Christmas tea and stuff like that. And you know, last year I got a, an advent tea calendar and I loved it, but I'm not doing it this year because I wanted to order it from David's Teas, which is this just excellent loose leaf tea company and it's all delicious. But um, their advent calendars are so expensive. However, they have the um, their holiday... Uh, selection. It's like 12 tins of holiday favorites. I'll go ahead and link it in the show notes, but it's like half the price and you still get 24 servings of holiday teas. So I have just yesterday ordered that for myself. I also got some Christmas gifts uh, while I was on the site to get free shipping, but um, I am going to link that in the show notes if you're interested in having Christmassy tea. Um, and I suppose now would be a good time to to look into it and order it. And actually right now they're doing um, two sets for 45. Um, I think originally it's like 30, but the advent calendars are like 45 up to like in the 50s. And now it's excellent tea, but I was like, mm, no. So I'm excited about those Christmas teas to come. And if you're interested, check it out. And so now let's uh, let's get into the topic of today's episode, which is practicing gratitude. This season of Thanksgiving is what sort of prompted me to look into it, the practice of gratitude itself, because I hear every now and then uh, the subject of gratitude journals and whatnot, um, but I've become curious about what the act of giving thanks actually does in your mind and body, and so I hit some research, like I'm looking for data, and so I have some interesting findings. And so I thought I would present them to you um, because being grateful is actually incredibly beneficial and can help reframe our whole perspective. And I know that that is like easy to read, uh, you know, in a little slogan online or something or easy for you to listen to. But the purpose of this was to also find some you know, we're looking at scientific study, some people that have dedicated their lives to researching it and coming up with um, stats. Because even though it's um, difficult to quantify uh, nebulous things like gratitude, it is very interesting. And so I, I hope you enjoy. Because here at Life on the Brink, I try to emphasize the enjoyment of everyday life of just our normal everydays. And I punctuate every episode or a guest of mine will punctuate each episode with a little joy, which is, now that I think about it, just a <laughs> an act of gratitude, a, a sort of reflection of what good things have happened in the past week or so. Um, something you've discovered or experienced or a moment. And it causes you to think about the good things. And so I, I stress that from time to time in different episodes. And you, as a listener, lovely as I know you are, you also understand the value of such reflection. And so let's dive into a bit of the science of gratitude, because I hope it just brings a, a level of clarity regarding the importance of finding little joys. So first, I would like to present a study that was conducted in 2016, is published by Psychotherapy Research, which is a, a academic, or I'm sorry, scientific journal. And um, it was conducted by like five or six different um, professors and um, psychologists 
several of them were from IU, but um, others, not all of them were. Um, So in this study, they took 293 participants, all adults that were seeking university-based psychotherapy services. So most likely a lot of college students. And um, they were split into three groups. And it says participants were randomly assigned to one of three conditions. A, the control group, which received psychotherapy only. B, they received psychotherapy plus where they had um, exercises in expressive writing, in writing down the negative things that they were stressed about. And three, or I'm sorry, C, (laughs) um, psychotherapy plus gratitude writing. And it says um, participants in the gratitude condition wrote letters expressing gratitude to others, whereas those in the expressive writing condition wrote about their deepest thoughts and feelings about stressful experiences. And then group A, like I said, just received therapy. Now, before I go further, I just want a disclaimer. I'm not in presenting this dogging therapy in any way or suggesting that it's not helpful. I just found this study very interesting. It was conducted simply to find out what effects, if any, there were in writing down gratitude and things you're grateful for on a regular basis. And so um, this is a quote from uh, the abstract of the study. It says, about four weeks as well as 12 weeks after the conclusion of the writing intervention, participants in the gratitude condition reported significantly better mental health than those in the expressive and control conditions, whereas those in the expressive and control conditions did not differ significantly. So with check-ins at four weeks and then at 12 weeks, it was a significant difference. Those who had to write down things they were grateful for And then the question of why came into my head, like, how does that work? And so there's an article um, that I will also share in in the show notes um, published by the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. Um, It's an article posted by, or I'm sorry, written by Joshua Brown and Joel Wong, who are two of the psychologists and professors from Indiana University who conducted the study. So they are two of like the six or so, um, and wrote this article speaking about that study. And so this is a big long quote from it that was just fascinating. So here we go. Quote, it was the lack of negative emotion words, not the abundance of positive words that explained the mental health gap between the gratitude writing group and the other writing group. Perhaps this suggests that gratitude letter writing produces better mental health by shifting one's attention away from toxic emotions such as resentment and envy. When you write about how grateful you are to others and how much other people have blessed your life, it might become considerably harder for you to ruminate on your negative experiences. Unquote. So essentially, they're saying that it wasn't even... Um, the focusing on gratitude, but it was the fact that time was taken away from focusing on negative things, on those toxic emotions. And this even persisted over, like we said, um, four weeks and 12 weeks. And so this gets into a really interesting topic, and I hope that I can articulate this um, well, um, so that, you know, my intentions come across, because I, I mean no one harm. Um, I just think that gratitude gets a bad rap or, you know, um, thinking positively 
is sort of viewed as irresponsible. And let me explain. I feel like in today's world, the need to be quote unquote informed or educated perhaps is pressed upon us so often. We have to just uh, take in all of the bad and stressful things that are going on in order to understand the world around us. And I would even venture to say that these days, if you are not moved to anger about one injustice or another, you are considered part of the problem. Um, And at least in the United States right now, I feel like the sign of a very well-informed, active, responsible individual is someone who is stressed and angered and urgent and generally cynical. So what place has gratitude in the face of all that? I would like to revisit the subject of those toxic emotions, because the practice of gratitude is not ignoring the negative things that happen, tragic circumstances, things that are chaotic, that are troublesome, but it's rather to take them and process them and then also acknowledge the positive things, the things that are kind and good and simple that, at least in, you know, news coverage, they don't get the same level of airtime. So I think sometimes we have a skewed view of the world that everything is bad. Everything bad is happening all at once. And I don't want to um, insinuate that there are not bad things happening. That's not what I'm saying. But that that's not all there is. And I would argue that there is so much more good to be found in the day-to-day world if you take the time to see it. So this is not about keeping your head in the sand and, you know, la la la, nothing bad is ever happening. This is actually more of a, a whole perspective shift. This is embracing the full reality of our lives that are filled with challenge and with victory over said challenges. Consciously or not, we all frame the world in our own perspective, but looking at the world through a negative lens is not inherently responsible. I don't think it's a coincidence that many people around the world are struggling with their mental health these days and are the same people, are the same generations that will you know, spend more time than past generations absorbing information, absorbing media, absorbing um, bad things that are going on and people arguing on either side of an issue. Because again, I'm not suggesting that bad things aren't happening, that they never happen, but I think that sometimes we choose to ignore the good things, consciously or otherwise. So on that note, I would like to highlight Dr. Robert Emmons, uh, who's a research professor who has done a lot of work examining the science of gratitude. And he's written many books on the subject, one of which is called Gratitude Works! Exclamation mark, a 21-day program for creating emotional prosperity, um, in which he speaks about this same perspective shift, which he calls reframing. So this is a quote from his book, Gratitude Works. Quote, Gratitude maximizes happiness in multiple ways. 
And one reason why gratitude works is that it helps us reframe memories of unpleasant events in such a way that it decreases their negative emotional impact. Our mind often latches on to what is wrong. There's no need to ignore the negative or say life is perfect. But once you have the skill of coping gratefully, you can find a new redemptive frame of reference. Unquote. That's just full of little nuggets, right? <laughs> so I take away from that, that again, it's about um, reframing, looking at it a different way. It's just about perspective. So much of the way we live our lives is about our perspective. And so as we enter this holiday season, I think it's only fitting that we begin with giving thanks, whether or not it is on uh, an official holiday, um, or it's just a time before things get crazy. And all throughout the rest of the year, we can all take that time to practice gratitude. There's so much joy to be found if we only pay attention to it. So with that, I am just putting forward three simple ways um, that perhaps we could all practice this a little bit this year. The first of which is to make lists, either physically or mentally. Take time to regularly pause and reflect on the blessings in your life, either by writing them down or simply by cataloging them or listing them in your mind. Perhaps um, right before you get out of bed, first thing in the morning, or before you walk into work, or maybe as you sit down to a meal. It can also be a very nice way to reflect at the end of the day. I personally um, tend to punctuate certain um, portions of my day or before meals with a prayer of thanks and just resetting, reminding myself uh, that I am taken care of. And it also is a great, it, it does a great job in making us slow down, which is something else that we talk a lot about on this podcast. And so I feel like this is just the, the smallest and most approachable way to start thinking about gratitude as a, a daily and regularly practice is simply to stop and reflect. And maybe you list three things that you're grateful for, and then maybe down the line, five things. And then, you know, maybe at the end of a long day, 10 things and see how it changes your outlook. So that's number one. Number two is to write a gratitude letter. So uh, if you recall from the study that I mentioned earlier, writing a letter of gratitude to someone else can positively impact your own mind as well. And um, in the article written by Brown and Wong, they mentioned that in that study, only 23% of the participants who wrote gratitude letters sent them. But those who didn't send their letters still enjoyed the benefits of experiencing gratitude anyway. And actually, if you recall earlier this year, I did a like a review or a, an episode inspired by the book, The Power of Moments. And um, in that book, it was also stressed like um, expressing gratitude to others and like having time to tell them that was um, very important for um, personal connections. But in this study, it also suggests that just writing it the act of writing it and using your words to express it can be beneficial regardless of whether you choose to send it. So perhaps give that a try, experiment with that. And I feel like especially during the holidays, it's always appropriate to 
send it. Well, I guess not always appropriate, but you know, <laughs> you're smart people. Um, and I, I feel like anyone would love to receive a letter of gratitude expressed towards them. Why not? And finally, number three is to keep a gratitude journal. So maybe this is a step to take after trying out the previous two and seeing how it works for you. And this journal would not only provide an avenue to consistently ponder the positive moments in your life, but it would also provide a catalog of the different people and experiences and things that um, that you are grateful for, that you can look back on, which is just a really special thing. Some people probably write in their gratitude journals every day, but it wouldn't have to be. It would just... I like the notion of having a journal specifically dedicated to the expressing of gratitude. I think that's beautiful. And speaking of looking back, I <laughs> I keep a journal and I don't write in it as often as I could, but I wrote a lot in my journal in 2020 because I just had a lot of feelings as we all did. And every now and then I would write a list of just things that I'm really enjoying right now. And I love looking back on that because not only can I see sort of that moment, it's like a time capsule, but it reminded me of the good things that did happen in the midst of chaos um, because they're always there. The good things are always there. So that's number three, to keep a gratitude journal. And there are definitely lots of ways, many more ways to practice gratitude, but maybe these will, you know, kick things off. <laughs> Though not without challenges, your life is a gift that can be cherished every day, not just on Thanksgiving Day. I hope that some of these thoughts or articles have provided some inspiration to start giving thanks regularly and to look for the good. And in the blog for today's episode, the show notes, that's at lifeonthebrink.live. Um, you can find all the articles and the study that I mentioned, as well as a few extra videos. I'm linking one by uh, Robert Emmons, the one who, who wrote the, the book on gratitude. <laughs> he wrote the book on gratitude. Um, I'm linking one of his talks about uh, the benefits of gratitude, as well as a video by YouTuber known as Fairyland Cottage, who I have been following for a few years, and I just really love her whole vibe. And this is, she has a short video called Five Benefits of Gratitude, and it's just very sweet and um, calming. So feel free to check those out, and I hope that um, if you are celebrating Thanksgiving next week, that it is um, calm and enjoyable and delicious, and know that I am grateful for you uh, for listening to this episode. Truly, it means a lot to me to, uh, to make something, to think of something, and to create it, and to have someone else enjoy it, to receive it, and... Um, and to make it their own. And that really means a lot to me. So thank you as well. And uh, with that, I will be right back with two little joys. Well, one humongous joy and one little joy. Be right back. All right. So first, I have a, a very big announcement. Um, if you follow me on social media, then uh, you will have seen it already. But 
uh, Josh and I, my husband and I, just bought a house. Very exciting. Um, I'm a homeowner and I'm 26 and that's wild. And uh, it all came together very quickly. We were looking for just a little bit and then the house showed up and we bought it and now we have it. <laughs> um, we closed on it last week and uh, since then we've been trying to figure out what we want to do with it before we move in. Our lease at the apartment doesn't end until the end of February, so we have until then, but if we get out early, there's a chance we could stop paying rent early. <laughs> so we're trying to balance that. But there's some painting to do, there's some flooring to do, and so it's going to perhaps, I'm I'm working out a calendar of uh, events with the holiday season and everything. I love making this podcast. Um... I will just see, I'll give you all a heads up if perhaps the um, frequency of it will shift. Like in November, I, I let you guys know it would be on the second and third weeks of November. Um, and we'll, we'll take you from there because uh, there's so much to do. But also this means for the podcast that there's probably going to be some home decor content <laughs> I've already got some resources and I'm very excited to um, make a much bigger space into a home. And um, yeah, so that's that's big. And I just wanted to share that. We're very excited. Um, there's just so many, so many steps to be decided just in the next month or so. Um, but that's a very big little joy. <laughs> um, but also I wanted to share... A recipe with you because uh a little joy of this week in between all of the craziness that's been going on with gigs and a house and everything i have really been enjoying gilmore girls um at long last i have hit my stride in season six and i'm just watching it constantly um it's taken me a couple of years but i think i'm finally gonna finish this show soon and I have really been enjoying watching it while crocheting this um, baby blanket that I'm working on uh, for one of Josh's cousins. And I made this orange cranberry loaf because a friend of mine sent me an orange cranberry loaf that was um, being advertised by a local bakery. And I said, oh, that looks so good. And so <laughs> I bought cranberries and I made one and it turned out pretty good. I think I have... Um, a taller and uh, thinner, like less wide loaf pan. So my cooking is always a little bit wonky, but I'll link the recipe in the show notes. It's by Natasha's Kitchen and it has an orange glaze and the cranberries are tart. It's just, oh, it's been so nice with a cup of tea. It's not incredibly sweet, um, but the glaze is nice. And so having a little loaf, a little tea, crochet blanket, Gilmore Girls, socks on my feet. It's like the epitome of cozy. And I have really needed it during this crazy, crazy time. So feel free to check out that recipe. I think that it's a good one. And finally, I will leave you with uh, an album of music that is just really comforting and fun um the album is called i love being here with you and it's by kate and the critters which is a cute name and it's filled with like old old jazz tunes um 
some older than others, but it's got tunes like um, You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To, Lady Be Good, Exactly Like You, Old Devil Moon, and it's just... Uh, but there, Kate is the vocalist, <laughs> and I guess the Critters are her band. And it's a really nice... Um, it's like a fresh take, but they're all very true to the style, and I really like her voice. So if that sounds fun to you. I think it would be good cooking music. <laughs> um, check that out. I'll link it in the show notes as well. And uh, with that, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And I will be taking a break next week for Thanksgiving, but I'll be back the week following to begin Christmassy content. So also, this is a PSA. If you don't follow me over on Instagram, feel free to do so. It's linked all over the website, but you can find me. It's at Anna on the keys. So Anna spelled with two N's and it has underscores in between every word. Anna on the keys, piano player. <laughs> and um, I'm going to be using some polls to help uh, determine the content of these holiday episodes. So if you'd like to weigh in, uh, feel free to go to Instagram and follow me over there. We have a beautiful season ahead of us and I can't wait to explore it together. So have a great week, enjoy your cup of tea, and I'll be back on December 1st for a new holiday episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Life on the Brink. If you're enjoying these episodes, please feel free to leave a star rating or even better, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. For podcast show notes and extra inspirational posts throughout the week, head to the blog at lifeonthebrink.live. And if you'd like a little extra dose of inspiration in your life, sign up for the monthly newsletter, which lights up your inbox the first Friday of each month. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, friends, you have a lovely week. Bye.